Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the block, Andrew Johnson. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won the grand final. He's got the ball. Johnson. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast, and welcome to our first instalment of Fan is Short for Fanatics. I want to get all you crazy supporters out there, if you're a diehard fan of your footy team, slip into my DMs. I want you to come on the podcast and talk about your story and what you love about your footy team. Our first instalment today is Jack Cronin. Jack Cronin's a mad Canberra Raiders fan. You probably know him from Instagram. He runs the page at Caesars Palace, does some fantastic designs for all the footy teams, especially the Canberra Raiders. He's a diehard lime green fan. I can't wait to hear all of his opinions and his story as a Raiders fan. Let's kick it off. He'll score untouched. Josh Papali dives in. The Raiders have the lead. It was almost like watching it in slow motion. Jack Cronin, welcome on. How are we, mate? Pretty good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, going good. Uh, mate, I guess people from Twitter, they definitely know who you are. That's, uh, that, that's your backyard, isn't it? Yeah, that's where I spend most of my time, mate. Uh, unfortunately, to my friends and my girlfriends, basically where I spend all day on my phone now. Fuck, you do some damage. <laughs> yeah, I've gone after a few. Sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't, but no, nah, it's all good laugh. Who's your, uh, who's your biggest beef with on, on the Twitter? Oh, geez, I've had some, some controversial ones. I'm, I'm going to the physio a little bit lately, the NRL physio. Um, he's decided to chirp up and be a comedy account recently instead of an injury account, but uh, that's all in good fun. <laughs> mate, on Instagram, obviously, that's when I first uh, came across you. Um, at Caesars Palace, mate, some of your designs, they're out of this world. It is, mate. No, it's been really good. Uh, the Twitter is like a, a good way to laugh with fans, but the um, Instagram has been a really good way to connect with players and some of the accounts like you guys. So I really enjoyed how that's all gone down. How did you get into the uh, graphic design to start? Um, it was just something that was on um, a lot of marketing jobs uh, as a 
requirement having knowledge of Photoshop and obviously the way I got into it was just doing something I was passionate about which was rugby league and trying to learn how to use those skills by incorporating that with rugby league design I guess and I never really thought it would get to this but no it's been really fun um, the last year or so. You mentioned uh, interactions with players. What's the uh, what's the biggest moment as far as a player sharing one of your designs or a um, personality in rugby league? Um, oh, well, the biggest one was probably really early on, so I didn't really have too many followers. And I did um, a design for Joey Lee Lewis 200th. And, like, out of nowhere, Chan shared it on his page. And then I had, like, Joey's uh, wife messaging me to use it on a banner. And then I think, like, 10 of the players shared it on their story. And I was just, like, blown away. Like, I was freaking out and it was so cool at the time i believe somewhere in canberra there's a pub with a heap of your designs up too that must be pretty special yeah that's really cool and that's um that's one of the things that's come from like the instagram page and um, my good friend jamie at the green machine podcast has kind of teed a bit of that stuff up but um yeah matt who runs that bar is a diehard Raiders fan and a lovely guy and he um we kind of go for like a bit of a movie poster theme with some of them but uh apparently the people in the pub love them it's pretty cool seeing stuff up on the walls there now, mate, you're our first. Uh, you're our first person to come on our fans podcast, and you know I, I went for you because I know you're a huge Canberra Raiders fan. And when I spoke to you this morning, you've dropped an absolute bombshell on me. You're you're a bit of a traitor. I am, yeah. So I, I grew up a Broncos fan. My uh, my dad is a, a diehard Broncos fan. I've lived in Brisbane, but um, when I was twelve, so I'd always liked the Raiders, but I was always a, a Broncos fan, and. When I was 12, I went down to Canberra on a school footy trip and we got billeted out to families and it turned out that I was with David Ferner and his family and uh, stayed there for a couple of days. It was his first year in charge of the Raiders um, and he had Matt McKilrick living there with him and he was 16 at the time, I think. So that was pretty cool. Like we were playing knee footy on his uh, in his uh, living room with Matt McKilrick and stuff and Dave took us out for like a ride in his Mustang and gave us a heaps of Raiders merch. And after that, I came back and... Broncos were kind of going through a bit of like a lull. It was the Henjack era after Bennett and the Raiders were kind of on the rise with that 08 uh, 20s team kind of coming into first grade, like Dukes, um, Jared Croker, Joel Thompson, all those kind of guys. And I just jumped on the Raiders bandwagon basically and I've never looked back. Tell me about that time with Dave Ferner. What was he like as a bloke? Uh, he was an absolute legend. He, um, obviously, his time as a coach didn't go as well as he probably would have hoped, but he was such a lovely guy and he loved loved the club and you could tell how passionate he was and you could tell how good he was with those young players and especially some of the ones who are a bit homesick like Papali or Matt McIlroy could come over from New Zealand and so I'm, I'm really happy to see how well he's doing as an assistant coach with some of the best best attacking teams in the comp over the last few years. Mate, what was the reaction when you came home from Canberra back up um, in Brizzy and all of a sudden you're a Canberra fan? You, you must have made some enemies. Uh, yeah, well, it took it took a bit of a while uh, after that. I didn't necessarily switch straight away. It was a bit of one of those things, like I was still a Broncos fan, but just over time, I just realized I was enjoying watching Raiders games more. I was looking forward to watching the Raiders more than the Broncos and all that kind of thing. And then everyone at school, like quite a few people at school, even thought I was a Raiders fan, even though I was still a Broncos fan. So, yeah, at the end of the day, I was just like, oh, well, may as well just go for the Raiders full time. And, yeah. Uh, rubbed a few feathers, but not really the end of the world. First time won't be the last time you ruffle some feathers. Tell me, as a young <laughs> bloke, who was your favourite Bronco player? Uh, I love Darren Lockyer. Um, I think that's every every kid's favourite player from my era, but uh, obviously as a huge Queensland fan as well, like that 2006 um, Origin Series was one of my earlier uh, like memories where I can remember the full game and all that kind of thing. So 
Um, that was a big one. And then, yeah, I think almost every kid growing up in my era had Lockie as their favourite player. So are you a Queensland, New South Wales fan? What's the go? Queensland, a diehard Maroons fan. Dog. <laughs> Mate, tell um, me, when you moved, when, when you made the move to being a Canberra fan, who was your favourite player at the Raiders? Oh, I loved, loved Josh Dugan. I was obsessed with Josh Dugan. I wrote, like, uh, for my year eight English assignment, we had to write, like, about a mythical being, and I wrote about Josh Dugan being a god and stuff like that. Like, I was just a best little kid. And then I loved um, Drury Lowe coming through the Raiders' 20s, which never kicked on. And then for those years, uh, post-2010, after Rose knee, um, it was just a lot of obsession with um, the young 20s kids who were coming through because the Raiders always had... Um, really good 20s teams, even when they weren't doing overly well in the NRL. So I was just latching on to any, any 20s kid, hoping that they'd be the next big thing, like a Milford or Mitch Cornish or all those kind of guys. And unfortunately, not many of them worked out, but um, it was a good ride. Mate, what about Tony Milford in the 20s? He was incredible. Oh, man, he was the one coming through that everyone talked about. Like, I think we had him from when he was 12 and then he debuted. He was so small. He was only 18. And I was like, geez, this kid could be anything. And then I still remember the day he was, he was going to the Broncos. I was just absolutely shattered. How have you seen his career progress since he's left? I mean, I don't think he's achieved the heights we all expected him to, but he's he's just got that raw ability. It just needs to be unlocked, doesn't it? I agree. And the uh, the first year after he left us, he, he had a really good year for Brisbane. And then he was probably one play away from winning a Clive Churchill. And that just pissed me off. Like, all I wanted was for the Raiders to win one before him and then he had a really good 2016 as well, and it was killing me. And now he's kind of um, had a bit of a downhill slide the last couple of years. But now I've started to turn to someone who probably defends him a bit because even though um, I hated that he left the Raiders, I still want him to kind of achieve his potential. And so um, I think it'll be interesting to see how his time in Brisbane ends. I'm not sure what's happened to him this year. I think even though he's been on the down a little bit the last couple of years, I think this year has been a, a real drop-off and he just looks uh, – like he's lost all his confidence so hopefully we'll see what happens this year but hopefully he gets a move from Brisbane and uh, can get back to it get back to his best Jack that 2015 grand final that performance by him that might be the best performance in a grand final that no one talks about he was incredible that night it was fantastic he was absolutely fantastic and yeah even in the last few minutes it was him that made that line break I think they gave it to Ben Hunt and then the Cowboys got that strip on Ben Hunt to get the ball back so he was making big plays all, all the way through that game Mate, it's been an absolute roller coaster as a Canberra Raiders fan over the last few years, starting in, you know, 2016 when you guys were high and flying and, you know, you ended up being one pass away from making the grand final that year. Tell me about that season. That must have been wild. Uh, yeah, it was incredible. You know, 2015 um, was a bit of a weird year as a Raiders fan because uh, during 2014, you know, we lost Milford and then we were meant to have Tedesco coming and we were linked to Mansour, Proctor and Ennis and then, None of those really came off, and we got a few guys who were kind of here to prove something, like C.S. Soliola, Josh Hodgson, Blake Austin, and no one really gave that 2015 Raiders team a chance, but they ended up, um, I think they went 10-14 and 14 and came 10th, but they lost a lot of games that they should have won, and they were right, in their, right up to their eyeballs in a lot of games against the top teams. So um, 2016, getting Whitehead, getting Caesar, there, were, there was a fair bit of optimism, and oh, just the way they played and attacked that year, it was like, it didn't matter who they were against or what the scoreline was. Like, there were games, I think they were down 14-0 or 18-0 against Power early on, and that just you just wouldn't even be nervous because you knew they'd come back. Um, and, yeah, that I think they won 10 games straight heading into the finals, and it was just, I don't know, I've never had that feeling before as a Raiders fan where it was like 
you didn't think you genuinely didn't think anyone could beat us and um I, I kind of hold that sharks game in the first week of the finals as the one um that got away because i think if we win that game we have the prelim in camp uh it would have been in sydney actually back then but we would have had the cowboys after that huge broncos game the week before um and i think we would have been a really good chance of going to go in the grand final but yeah, that, that 2016 season definitely feels like uh, one that got away. But at the time, it was just an absolute whirlwind because uh, the Raiders hadn't even made a prelim in the whole NRL era. So it was just, yeah, it was just crazy as a fan to see it unfold the way it did. You're still dirty on uh, Edric Lee or what? Oh, no, I don't. Uh, he's hated by a lot of Raiders fans, but I've always had a soft spot for Edric. And I'll always think it's a bit of a shame that that was the last game he played for the Raiders because um, he was a pretty good player for us for a few years. And, that's always going to be the thing that Raiders fans remember him for, unfortunately. Now, mate, I would guess that 2016 is the start of a pretty strong bromance for you with uh, your centre, Joey Leilua. Yeah, I'll, I'll die on the Joey Leilua hill. I absolutely love watching him play. Um, 2016 was just incredible. You know, I don't think I've ever seen a centre and winger have that sort of um, dominance on a game. You know, you usually think of your spine players um, as the ones who control the game, but the way the Raiders could just give Joey Lelou early ball and him and Rapana could just make something out of nothing. It was just awesome to watch. It was crazy footy to see. I mean, like the ball would go to the right-hand side for the Raiders and then you wouldn't see it for another four tackles, but they'd always produce <laughs> a try. It was just it was just like a black hole, wasn't it? If I was a halfback, yeah. it would have done my head in, but they, they, they got results constantly. Yeah, and they just, like Joey would just do whatever he wanted at times. Like it'd be fifth tackle and he'd go into dummy half and the amount of times he'd just take the ball himself from dummy half and create something out of nothing with Rapido. Like it was, yeah, it was just awesome. And it was that Tigers game in particular. Like it was boys against men. I think we won 60 to six and like Joey and Rapana were just demanding the ball whenever they wanted it. And just poor Jordan Rankin had an absolute nightmare that night. Speaking of Joey doing whatever he wanted, I mean, he's had he's had some low points. He's you know he's no stranger to a brain explosion. When you saw what happened a few weeks ago, and you know he just cops it left, right, and center. How, how do you respond to those sort of um, criticisms of Joey? Um, yeah, it's tough. I was uh, I was furious at the time about uh, that Warren Smith tweet. He called him uh, the worst signing in NRL history. Um, yeah, Joey, he has moments in his game which are tough to watch and they're disappointing and you wish they didn't happen but um, I think what he brings to a team especially in his yardage which the Raiders are missing big time this year um, it far outweighs those moments Um, yeah and it it is disappointing but he's brought me that much joy as a footy footy player as a fan to watch him that I'll never turn on Joey Uh, yeah I'll just always have a soft spot for him Mate, until the grand final last year and that amazing season last year, you went through a few grim years down in Canberra. It must have been tough to watch after doing so well in 2016. Um, yeah, 20, 2017 will always be one of the most frustrating years I've watched as a fan. You know, um, We didn't have any major injuries for the whole year. It was basically the same team as 2016, except we had Kotrick in for uh, Edric Lee and we lost Paul Vaughan. And it was just one of those things like, I think they just thought, because of how well they played late in 2016 that they could just turn up and it would once the ball got rolling for them again it would uh it would just click and they lost three of their first four in some really tight games they lost that one in north queensland where uh thurston hit the bottom of the crossbar and they scored in the in goal and golden point and then um they lost one to the broncos at suncourt by a point as well and then once the blowtorch got applied it was kind of like oh geez we've got to win some games here 
Um, and they just never really got going and it was so frustrating. And then 2018, um, obviously Hodgson went down for England at the World Cup and we had didn't have him for the first half of the year. And I think that was probably Ricky's biggest mistake that he's made since uh, he's been in Canberra was um, he didn't handle Hodgson being out very well. He moved Caesar to hooker for a little bit. He had Ada Hingano playing hooker off the bench. Um, and it was just a disaster for the first six or seven weeks of that season. And once they got going, they actually looked pretty good, but it was just too little too late. What, is, uh, what does Joshy Hodgson mean to the Canberra Aiders? He's absolutely huge. I think um, he's by far the most important signing the Raiders have made in um, the last 20 or so years. You know, he's a... He's the hooker that we always wanted. And the first few years that I was a Raiders fan, you know, we had guys like Glenn Buttress playing nine for us, who's good on his toilet, but he's just night and day what Hodgson brings to the team um, in comparison to something like that. You know, the creativity out of the, out of nine, the way he engages the markers, um, what he does in defense with his, uh, the way he strips the ball. He's just so important um, to this team. And I think he's been, him uh, along with Sia Soliolo has just been so important to the culture of the Raiders as well. Mate, you mentioned a few minutes ago about Aiden Caesar. Now, obviously, your Instagram name at Caesar's Palace is it named after Aiden Caesar? It is. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was my Twitter name for for quite a while. It was just a, a bit of a fun play on words. And Aiden was my favourite player for for quite a few years there. Um, and then I just thought, if I'm making up a um, an Instagram account, um, and I'll be trying to follow, like, get people who follow me on Twitter to follow me on Instagram. Then the best thing to do was to have it as the same name. So that was the reason behind the Instagram name. Tell me about the 2019 season, uh, highs and lows. I guess to start the season, Johnny Bateman arrived, and you know we'd all seen highlights of the Super League, but there's really, you know, n- normally there's not much form to go off highlights in, in the Super League. You know, people get their hopes up, guys that do really well over here, and they don't quite live up to it when they arrived here. Johnny Bateman. He was the polar opposite, wasn't he? Yeah, he was incredible. And it was pretty funny. Actually, I didn't really like the Bateman signing when it first happened because, you know, we were playing, uh, sorry, paying a fair transfer fee for him. And he was a bit undersized. And a lot of talk was they weren't sure if he was going to be a back rower or he was going to be a center in the NRL. And um, I thought we really needed a middle because we were losing Junior Paula and we were losing um, Shannon Boyd. And uh, Joe Tarpane was having a bit of a breakout season on that right edge. For us, so I wasn't really sure what we were going to do with him, but it only took one game, and that Titans game on his debut when he's getting stuck in, he's slapping players over the head after they play the ball, and he's pretending to throw the ball at Jared Wallace. You know, it was just straight away you knew, like, this is the type of player that this team's been lacking for so long. My hand goes straight up for making that mistake when I heard he was potentially going to play. Uh, in the 13 jersey and I saw a picture of him in his training session he looked like he was 80 kilos dripping wet I sort of thought fuck are they for real Ricky Stewart's kidding himself egg all over my face wow me too and he just plays so much above his weight and he's so strong like the amount of tackle bust he has and the way he gets his body through contact it's incredible for someone his size mate what was the like until the grand final of course and that finals run what was the highlight of the 2019 season for you uh, for the regular season, it was probably um, Caesar kicking three field goals to knock Paul Gallen off in his last home game. Um, obviously, as a huge Queenslander, I've never been a, a big fan of Paul. I've never been a big fan of the Sharks, given the Raiders' history with them in that 2016 uh, kind of finals run. So um, to do that and to win in that way, that was um, awesome because it also guaranteed the Raiders a top four finish. So that was probably the highlight. Um, the other one was probably... Uh, being the Broncos at Canberra and Joey scoring two tries in 10 minutes, which were both pretty good. Um, 
obviously as a Brisbane Raiders fan, being the Broncos is probably the highlight of my season and the regular season each year. Run me through that 2019 final series. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Like the um, first week of the finals, we kind of we had, well, sorry, the week the last week of the season, sorry, we had the Warriors, um, and if we won that game, we would have played the Roosters at the SCG. Um, and we rested about six players and actually lost to the Warriors and had the Storm in Melbourne, who we kind of had um, our tails off a bit against them after that comeback against them uh, a few weeks earlier. So um, there was definitely a bit of belief among, it felt like amongst the Raiders team, but definitely amongst Raiders fans that we could get the Storm done. And um, it was just one of those gripping contests that it always is against Melbourne. And we started really, really well with an early try to Bailey, but then it was just an absolute dogfight and, you know, with about two minutes to go, I think we were down um, eight six, and Pappenhausen came up with an awesome pickup to to save the day. And then Adokar knocks it on, comes to Joey's feet. Next thing you know, we're up, and it was just crazy. Like we went from um, being down with two minutes to go to having a home final, a uh, home prelim, which we'd never had in my lifetime as a Raiders fan. So I was desperately trying to book flights to Canberra and see when tickets came out and all that kind of thing, and then. Um, I still hold the prelim last year in Canberra as one of the best best nights of my life. Um, you know, there were periods over the last 10 years or so that I probably never thought I'd see the Raiders play in the grand final. Um, and to be there at Canberra Stadium to, to see that and to meet heaps of people who I'd kind of only known through Twitter was just was just awesome. Then comes the grand final, mate, and the week leading up to it was just, it, it was crazy, wasn't it? The rivalry between the Roosters and the Raiders in the modern era it's just massive, and the game it didn't disappoint at all, did it? The, the game was awesome. I thought I thought I'd be more nervous for the grand final than I was, but I was I was way more nervous for um, the prelim because I thought you know that was going to be one of our best, basically as good of a chance as you'll get to make a grand final. You know, at home against the rabbit. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Team, I didn't think we're probably as good as what, what we usually play in a prelim and um, – the grand final, I thought everyone was kind of riding us off, so I didn't feel as much pressure. I thought, I thought we had a good chance, but I, I definitely didn't think that um, we were going to get blown out the way the way others did. And I wasn't feeling this kind of crazy pressure to win. Um, and then it wasn't until about it was about an hour before kickoff, and like the crowd was starting to flood in. It was like, oh my god, we're actually in the grand final. Like and I started feeling sick with nerves, but I was about. Five rows back, or five ten rows back in that uh, Raiders supporter pit. So when they show that footage of Mel blowing the horn, you can see me in there, and it was just oh, it's a moment I'll never forget. And then the game, it felt like it went by so quickly, especially that kind of middle twenty, uh, sorry, middle twenty minutes of the second half when Kronk went to the bin and we were attacking their line and all that kind of thing. It just flew past. And the next thing you know, you know, you switch off for half a second, the Roosters are up, and there's nine minutes left on the clock, and that game just. Uh, that last 10 minutes or so just flew by. Mate, I've probably been to 15 of the last 20 grand finals and there's a lot of moments that stand out for me, but 
The Raiders running out with the Viking clap. You know, they're playing the Roosters. Everyone fucking hates them. Everyone got stuck into the Viking clap. That was an amazing, just an amazing moment in, in rugby league for me. It must have been special for you. Just absolute goosebumps, yeah. It's something I'll, I'll never forget. And it was, um, it was just amazing to be there. And, yeah, just unreal. Mate, um, you're 5'8", Jackie Whiten. I think that is possibly the best kicking game we'll ever see from someone in a grand final. It's, you know, credit to the Roosters that nothing came off his kicking game because he was incredible that night, wasn't he? He was fantastic. And, you know, Jack's kicking game is just a, a testament to how hard he's worked because when he when we first threw him into 5'8 in 2014, he had Fuck, nothing it wasn't that pretty. resembled a kicking game. Like, any, any of his short kicking game, like his grubbers, they looked dead off the boot. His long kicking game was basically non-existent and Ricky talks about it all the time he would just kick long all day all day all day um, and even through the COVID break you'd see all his stories he was heading down to the park and kicking and yeah he's actually got one of the best strikes of the ball now he has the odd uh, the odd one where he sprays it about 15 rows into the stands but his general long kicking game and his chase is just as good as it gets at the moment tell me mate the siren goes the roosters are celebrating I imagine that's one of the lowest feelings in your life Oh, yeah, absolutely shit house. Um, yeah, it didn't feel real. It probably didn't sink in until the next day that it was that it was over and that yeah we were going to win the premiership. But um, it was just devastating. But um, yeah, I probably don't think about the grand final very much. I've never watched uh, any replay really of it. I'll never ever go near that Roosters review of it. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Is that with Cooper Cronk and the boys sitting there having a yarn yeah, about the how good they went? In the lounge. Oh, <laughs> my God. Apparently, John Bateman watched that. And apparently, he's watched the grand final three times. But, no, nah, I'll never go near any of that. Mate, that um, hearing Johnny Bateman talk about how he stayed out, out on the field after the game so he could you know, he could see the Roosters celebrating so it would hurt even more. Like, I, um, I spoke to Brett White on my podcast earlier this year. And, mate, the amount of respect he spoke about John Bateman in he, fuck he must be one hell of a bloke yeah and you can see it rubs off on his teammates as well and we've definitely missed that through the first half of this year it's just the way it doesn't matter what the contest is or how we're how we're expected to go he believes we'll win anything and he'll go out there and do whatever he can to win and um, one of the big as it showed was earlier in the season last year in 2019 we were playing the Panthers and um, Bill Kikau was in some really good form and all the talk about uh, in the pregame was that um, they were just going to run kick out at Sam Williams all game and the Panthers were going to do us and uh, Bill Kickout's first three runs of the game John Bateman shot out like a cannon every tackle um, and he ended up fracturing his jaw uh, fracturing his eye socket I think or something like that but he was just going nuts at Bill Kickout and just kind of showed to the rest of the team like we don't care what anyone says we don't care what's meant to happen like our team we're going to do what we can to win now mate I believe you've got a um, IOU from Johnny Bateman I'm still waiting for my jersey that I uh, rightfully deserve from him. Unfortunately, um, he threw out the challenge and then brushed me. So uh, that happened in May, and I'm, it's now late July, so I'm not sure that's, that one's ever coming. What was the challenge, Jack? Uh, it was a uh, it was a 5K running challenge. Um, it was uh, organised by Jamie and the Grand Machine Pod, um, all players and the fans. And John kind of did a – I think he did a 24-40 um, and he did have a uh, uh, shoulder recon just earlier, so he was uh, probably not at his best. But I said that I would uh, challenge that time and beat it. And then just after I challenged it, he posted a new time, which was about two minutes faster. And I um, immediately regretted that challenge. But he then said, 
if you do beat it, I'll send you a signed jersey. So I uh, I ran a 5K every day for eight days. And then finally on the, the eighth day, I beat it and um, posted on Twitter that I beat him. And he's just said, oh, how many attempts did that take? And I said eight. And he said, sweet, so I've got seven more. <laughs> Jeez, your, uh, your mailbox must have got to work out the last few months. Yeah, well, for the first uh, probably week or so, because he did message me and ask me for my address and that kind of thing. So for the first week or so, I was probably checking it every day and then I probably realised after that uh, it might not be coming. Mate, you've sort of become known as a bit of a uh, Johnny Bateman stalker on Twitter. You're no stranger to his DMs. <laughs> no, nah, uh, I like to jam up him uh, on the timeline and stuff, but I've actually never really spoken to him um, in the DMs. It's all a bit, a bit of a character on Twitter and all for a, a bit of a laugh. Tell me, mate, obviously he's been in the news the last few months and it's all been a little bit chaotic. What's your opinion on the situation? Um, yeah, I'm pretty pretty disappointed by it, uh, especially the way it played out. Um, obviously, all the Isaac Moses stuff isn't, uh, isn't ideal, but um, I just probably wish he didn't uh, come out and kind of slam the report originally um, if there was some truth to it because that kind of, I guess, gave Raiders fans this sense that he was definitely staying um, but I can't hate him for going back to England, especially with what's going on now and being away from his daughter. And um, he'll be great for the Super League. You know, I'm excited about um, some of the signings in the Super League. Like if they get the Wolfpack back in again next year and they still have Sonny there and they have GI and um, Falau and some of like James Maloney, Caesar, Manu Mau, those kind of guys. It's good to see the Super League um, doing well. But yeah, the Raiders will miss, uh, miss Johnny big time. Yeah, mate, I, like, I would never hold it against someone to returning to home um, to be with their children, obviously. But, geez, he really went in on Jimmy Hooper, didn't he? Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, if it just had have, um, kind of played out behind closed doors at the Raiders and then it, it came out that uh, he had to go home because he was missing his family too much, I don't think anyone uh, would have held anything against him. But, yeah, it was a bit disappointing the way it did play out through the media. Can I ask you, Jack, now that it's been announced, you know, uh, Johnny Bateman, he's still been very outspoken on Twitter and on his social media sort of replying to fans and everything. What are your opinion on all that? Like, I, I know on, on one of his tweets when he was talking about going home, you commented on it like, bro, um, read the room. What's your emotions around the way he's acted since? Um, I'm not too too off it. I think that's just the way he is. He's always been quite vocal on social media. At first, I was a bit disappointed. You know, he'd uh, it had kind of been announced that he was leaving and he still hadn't said anything about... Um, that he was leaving, but he was kind of making jokes with fans and stuff. And it was a bit like, come on, like you, you kind of quash rumors that you were leaving and now you're just joking around after it's been announced that you are. So, um, yeah, but once he kind of, uh, he re- did a bit of a statement about the Raiders and Wigan and stuff. And I, I guess you just got to move on. And I think John's the type of uh, player at least who, um, regardless of what's happening off the field, he'll put in 110% for the Raiders and, like I think some fans saying they didn't want him picked and all that kind of thing is just nonsense and um, yeah, I'm very eagerly waiting for him to come back into the side because I think he'll be a huge boost for us Obviously mate, Johnny Bateman will leave the building at the end of this year but you've got some exciting guys coming in um, Harawira and Ira signed the other day I spoke to him briefly last week and he just said how excited he is to be coming to such a proud club with such a great culture he seems really excited to be there you must be happy to have him yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. That's one of those signings that for, for a long time the Raiders were on the other end of. You know, a player um, has some issues off field and, and we let them go and then one of the, the top clubs picks them up. So it's nice to kind of get a, a quality player um, on the cheap in this situation. And 
Um, I'm quite curious to see how, you know, Ricky's going to play um, Corey because, you know, Hudson's done quite a good job on that right edge. We've got John coming back in the next couple of weeks, so it's a, a pretty good headache to have for him. Speaking of Hudson Young, mate, he's, he's definitely got some shit in his game, but fuck, he's one hell of a footballer, isn't he? Yeah, he does. He's... um. I've got massive rap. I've got a massive rap on Hudson. Sorry. Um, obviously the the eye gouging thing is something that I absolutely hate, and I don't want to associate with the Raiders. So, um, yeah, if he can keep that stuff out of his game, though, I like the aggression that he plays with, and I love the way uh, him and Corey Horsberg went at that Rabbitohs pack last year. Um, you know, they had Sam Burgess, and it was just a bunch of kids for the Raiders, and they just got stuck into him. And I, I love the way Hudson takes on a challenge, but. Hopefully, as he as he grows and matures, he can get some of that rubbish out of his game, and um, he'll be a staple in the Raiders' thirteen. Another forward that's coming soon. Well, if you believe the rumours, another forward that's coming soon is Ryan James. If you do manage to land Ryan James, I think that's a massive get for you guys if he stays fit. That's a really good signing, um, especially um, on a pretty good contract as well. The the biggest question mark is over those the back to back ACLs, but um, if he can stay fit and he can be even close to the player he was in 2018, then we've got a we've got a massive bargain there. Tell me, mate, for the rest of the season going forward, obviously Joshy Hodgson's out. You've got a lot of middles out. Horsburgh's gone. Emre Gould is injured at the moment. What do you see for the rest of 2020 for the Raiders? Yeah, if you hadn't asked me two weeks ago after after that Storm game, I would have been pretty down in the dumps. But um, suicide watch. Last, yeah, I was uh, kicking rocks all night after that game, but. Um, no, I'm, I'm feeling pretty positive about it at the moment. We've, we've got through probably the hardest part of the draw because we've got through um, the month playing away from Canberra and playing some of the top teams. And um, we've got a pretty good run home. We've only got nine. We've got, sorry, of the last nine remaining games, we've only got three against top eight teams. And, you know, we've got John to come back in the next three, uh, two or three weeks. We've got Corey uh, Harawi and Naira coming in. We've got um, Emre coming back late in the season. Um, so things are looking somewhat on on the up. Um, I just think, you know, the, the uh, top one to six, it's a pretty pretty even comp so far uh, this season. So I think if we can get in, in the mix of that top five or six, we'll, we'll have a real good shot. Tell me about Damien Cook-Light. <laughs> I think it's Tom Starling-Light is Damien Cook, mate. Uh, I love Tommy <laughs> Starling. Um, People were saying when uh, Hodgson went down that we need to sign a hooker on loan like a Billy Walters or someone like that. But uh, Tom Starling's been killing Cup the last few years and uh, I think he deserved this shot. It's so good to see him take it with both hands. He's been fantastic and I love the way he gets stuck in in defence despite his size. And sound a bit weird, but given his size, it's actually a bit of an advantage the way he, when he hits, his shoulder gets right onto the ball every time. So he's been really strong in his defence and um, he's real quick out of dummy half and he's a smart footy player. So it's good to see. Mate, as much as Josh Hodgson is so important to your side and how crucial he is, I mean, considering the rule changes and the way the game is played now, there might not have ever been a better time to lose Josh Hodgson if you had to, to be able to bring in a guy like Tom Starling. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of happened at a perfect time for um, both Jack and George. You know, I thought they were both having pretty good seasons, but now they're getting a fair bit more early ball. And I think you're really seeing both of them playing at their best. You know, they're both ball runners and... Um, they're both um, uh, they both got good kicking games as well and I think you you mentioned something earlier on your page a few weeks ago that something like every nine runs Jack Whiten has he scores a try um, and yeah, so mate, at the start of the season thing. his strike rate was incredible I think I think it was every nine runs he was scoring scoring a meaty incredible stuff yeah exactly and um, I think in the red zone getting him good early ball is, is a really good thing for us and um I think even though we're obviously not a not a better team without Hodgson, I think um, 
it might free up our attack a little bit. Yeah, you're definitely not better, but I'm not sure if you're worse either. You're just different, and fuck, different can be dangerous, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, I think the thing, the biggest thing that's helped us the last couple of weeks is without Hodgson, um, those middles have really stepped up. You know, Papali, Tarpane, Dynamis, Louis, Ryan Sutton, even Kyle O'Donnell, who I think has only played one game of cup for us. So that's really helping us out as well. Mate, I've been watching Dynamis Louis for the last three years thinking, fuck, I've missed my calling in first grade here. And he's just gone to another level in the last three months, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. You don't have to tell me, mate. Me and a few of my mates, we uh, like love, love Dynamis and he's a really lovely guy, but I probably wasn't sure how he was getting into first grade over someone like Ryan Sutton in the back end of last year. But since he's come back into the side the last three weeks, he's just been absolutely fantastic. And it's full credit to Dynamis. He's um, definitely left some eggs on my face over the last few weeks. Mate, he had, he had a tricep taken off him the other night. Fuck, that was a t- tough call. Yeah, I didn't know Dynamis could ball play close to the line. And I, I don't thought... think Dynamis knew he could ball play just quietly. <laughs> and he's even scored himself in media since he's been back in first grade. So, yeah. Um, he's taken over Josh Hodgson's role as a stripper as well. So, yeah, it's just really good to see someone um, take an opportunity so well like he has. Love a good stripper. Mate, as far as your halves go, obviously we've spoken about Jackie Whiten. George Williams, he's come down from England. We spoke previously about guys coming from England with these amazing highlight reels and not living up to them in the NRL, especially with, with halves and backs, like outside of Gareth Widdop for the last... 20-odd years. There's not really been any backs that have come down and carved it up. George Williams, he's setting the world alight. Yeah, he's been fantastic. He's um, far exceeded my expectations for what I kind of placed on him. I was pretty cautious with it because, as you said, uh, English outside backs and English halves have um, generally struggled over the last um, couple of decades. But um, he's been absolutely fantastic. I love his instincts. I love his short kicking game. Um, the, the biggest concern I had was I think he played on the left um, over in England. He was predominantly left side player and he was definitely a ball runner more than anything. Um, so it's been good to see him move to the right this year and um, and do the same job. Um, and yeah, I love love those little uh, runs he does close to the line where he shapes out to pass or shapes the kick and then cuts in and back across the tired defence. He's done it a few times against the Dragons and then against the Roosters recently. And it's um, it's really exciting. It's really good to see him growing. The other guy I want to ask you about, you know, obviously on on, on um, social media, he's a really champion fella. He's responding to fans. He shares a lot of sort of our gear. Charles Nickel Clockstead, I mean, he has just – his story is incredible, isn't it? Yeah, he's, he's the absolute man, man. He's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Like, if you meet him, he'll talk to you like he's known you for his whole entire life. Um, and he's another guy, you know, he came to Canberra for an opportunity. He didn't even start – the first trial he played for us at fullback, he was on the wing and then he, he played so well in the trials that he basically uh, put the one jersey on himself and he just hasn't looked back. And um, it's so good to see him. It seems like every week he's growing. Um, you know, his ball playing probably wasn't there when he first came to the club, but he finds a way to make it work and he's starting to look more comfortable in those three-on-two out-the-back situations. And against the Roosters, I don't think I've ever seen him kick a ball even in training and he's putting on kicks for Croke for try. So it's... Um, it's really good to see him evolving, and I'm just so relieved that that injury is only a short-term thing. Mate, like, as far as I'm concerned, he's playing in the golden era of fullbacks in rugby league with your Tedescos, your Pongas, your Travojeviches, and, you know, I look at Chance and I go, fuck, he's not as good ball player as them. He doesn't break as many tackles. He's not as quick. He, you know, he doesn't have the kicking game as some of these other guys, but he just holds his own amongst them. He's just effort built on effort, isn't he? 
Yeah, he is. And his, his positional play is fantastic, especially defensively. And he will just get on his bike and always get where he needs to be. And the amount of times this season he's had like 20, 25 plus runs and 250 plus meters, like he's just incredible and he's all heart. Speaking of the heart, mate, Josh Papali, tell me about oh. him. I, I, I love this bloke. Me too. I could talk about Josh Papali all day. He is, um, in my opinion, cementing himself as one of the greatest Raiders of all time. Um, I think he's won now three of the last four Malmeninga medals, and I'll be surprised if he doesn't get it again this year. He is just um, the absolute heart and soul of that team. And the amount of times, you know, the Raiders have been desperate for someone to stand up, and he's done it, like against the Storm late late last year, against the um, Rabbitohs in the prelim final. And then, um, again, this year, he just turns up and turns up and turns up. And, yeah, uh, I think he will probably go down as probably my favourite Raider of this, this year. Mate, speaking of Raiders from this era, obviously the Raiders, you know, in the late 80s, the early 90s, they had an absolute star-studded team. If you were to pick your best 13 Raiders ever, who from the current crop of guys would make that side? Geez, tough, tough question. I think um, I think Papali is is a lock now in the in the starting thirteen, and I think Josh Hodgson's probably pushing there as well, up against Steve Walters. Um, and then I think it'd be tough to leave Jared Croker out as well. Fuck, mate, you're doing well if you're leaving Steve Walters out of a side. Um, mate, well, everyone says I didn't obviously didn't get to see Steve play as much as as much as others have, but uh, everyone says it's essentially a two horse race now between uh, Josh and Steve Walters. Tell me, mate, if Jack Cronin walks into GIO Stadium this week to watch the Raiders, freezing fucking cold with about 15 jumpers on, what's your meal that you get? You have the footy, you've got to get a meat pie, especially in the cold. Brewskis? Of course, mate. Um, I'm a big Corona man at the moment, but if I'm at the, uh, if I'm at the footy, I might have a great Northern. Tell me, mate, who's your favourite team to beat? Oh, Broncos. Broncos by a mile. You know, there's no better weekend as a Raiders fan in Brisbane than uh, the week after they beat the Broncos. Who do you hate losing to? All Manly. Manly just have the wood over us at the moment, and I never look forward to playing them all week. I think about how much I don't want to play them, and then we play them and we lose in the same way, and it just kills me. <laughs> Last question, Jack. If you could bring back one former player from the Canberra Raiders to come into the current squad right now, who would it be? Uh, at the moment, you probably have to go Mal and play him in the centres. Um, you know, that right centre position has been a huge issue for us so far this season. So, yeah, you'd, you'd want to throw Mal in there in the centres. Fan is short for Fanatic, and it's been great to have you on, mate, for our first instalment. Thanks for coming on. Thank you very much for having me, man. I really enjoyed talking to you. Everyone, make sure you're following at Caesars Palace on Instagram or jump on Twitter for Jack Cronin. Thanks for tuning in again to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. That was our first installment of Fan is short for Fanatic. If you're a Rugby League fanatic out there, you love your footy team and you want to tell your story and just have a chat about your footy team, the history, how they're going now, what's what's coming up in the future, anything you want to talk about, I want to have you on. Send me a DM on Instagram or send me an email, therugbyleagueguru at gmail.com. Let's get you sorted. Let's get you on the potty and let's get you heard. Thanks for tuning in again. Keep kicking the corners and always play smart footy. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 